What up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast, exclusively right here on twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. I am so thankful for you guys to be here. It is awesome. It is an amazing Saturday. It is early. And thankfully, you guys are here with me to hear my side and my thoughts on this whole entire AEW all-out fallout. Ah, that rhymed. Isn't that great? Yes, it is. So if you guys want, please make sure to hit that follow button and bell notification right here on twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. If you aren't if you are unable to be here with me currently live, because this is a live podcast episode, this will be a VOD at the end when I stop streaming, and then it will be as a video to play whenever you want and discuss it whenever you want directly on marieshadows.substack.com. Please make sure to sign up to that newsletter where it's completely all about wrestling and wrestler interviews and more to come in the coming years it is still growing it is still young before we jump into talking about aew and its fallout i would like to celebrate a little bit on stream about my new venture i am officially part of goddesses of war i am a part of their team i will be their podcast coverage person so i will be watching women's wrestling every single time that i go to the event and i will be covering it and putting it up on marieshadows.substack.com so going forward whenever i stream if you are kind enough uh to give a donation of any kind that'll be great all those donations will go directly to my wrestling travel fund that you see there we are not even close to the goal number uh the goal number is at least to get 50 dollars so that we at least can travel and eat and to cover because podcasting and creating content is definitely um hard to do um it's not easy and any type of bit uh helps um, but I am super proud and super happy that I am part of the team to cover professional wrestling, to cover women's wrestling, and give you guys unbiased and all the breakdowns of women's professional wrestling over at Goddesses of War, which is the sister company to Titan Championship Wrestling. It's going to be over in New Jersey. So again, any type of donations going forward will just be for wrestling travel. And if you guys really did enjoy that little speech, again, donations are encouraged. You don't have to. You can if you want to. And um, it will make, you know, my traveling easier. But we are here for the main bulk of this podcast episode, which is the AEW All Out Fallout, the media scrum Everyone's talking about it on Twitter, and I've seen so many different comments. I've seen so many different perspectives, and I've also seen A. I've also seen A as well. Um, thank you, Jam Connection, for following twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. How are you doing? Welcome into the chat. Welcome to this official podcast episode for the Square Circle Podcast. Awesome. Greg is back with us too. So, like I was saying that I really did scroll through a lot of comments, a lot of quote tweets, a lot of replies. Yo, noob, what is up? 
Hello. Jam Connection, I am doing well. Thank you for asking. And I'm glad that you're doing all right. Noob, I am doing well today. How are you doing, sir? How's it going? But yes, I have definitely read almost every single type of response you could think of to this whole entire mess. And I would like to start off with something very simple. CM Punk is wrong. The elite, meaning the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, along with Kenny Omega, are wrong. Tony Khan is wrong. All of these men are wrong. They are wrong in the fact that no one came out of this looking like a winner. No one came out of this looking like a million bucks. No one came out of this with even good press. Everything about this is really bad press. It's really, really messy. However, I will say that this one time, CM Punk is right about his rant. There is one thing that kind of, not really kind of, it really does 100% escapes everybody in their assessment. So during the media scrum, this media scrum goes super, super deep. Okay. We know that this is different from when CM Punk was talking about WWE and everything that he felt and all those frustrations. This is completely different. We can probably find some similarities, but it's totally different. Those two are two different situations. CM Punk's narr narrative is the wrong word. I'm, I'm not looking for that. CM Punk's media scrum basically proved all the dirt sheets right in how they spread lies, in how they spread misinformation, and how we're only getting one side of everything from Uncle Dave. And everyone else copying what Uncle Dave is putting out there as either their own type of spin on it or just copying and being like, hey, for my community, this is what Dave said if you're not listening to Dave on his podcast and stuff like that. So, you know, Punk is right in the regard of be careful how you handle information. Be careful how you put out information. And remember that everyone is human. And that is where everybody on Twitter is forgetting the fact of that the way that the news is coming out about the supposed fight, the supposed, well, I can't say the supposed suspensions because they are suspended. Like, that's actually true. But everything else that came out afterwards, uh, getting the third party investigation in on this, um, where reports saying that MJF and the lawyer Mega is part of it and all this kind of stuff. Like it's one person controlling the narrative and maybe fluffing up, maybe putting out false narratives, maybe told to put out these narratives 
to um you know further push the fact that punk is a bad guy now if you followed my channel and you followed me for a long time i've already explained why i don't like cm punk and it mainly has to do with him going on cocabana's podcast and him talking about um you know his wwe days his frustrations and all of that and i didn't like the way he did it because it really did sound like you know a simple easy fix or try to do a compromise and he didn't do it because he didn't want to because i guess his pride or whatever got in the way right this with aew it's a little bit less surprising because we've known throughout um years that the young bucks and kenny sometimes um you know may do things underhandedly but you know they are still widely received and widely wildly loved um and then yeah so cm punk's media scrum proves that wrestling media and wrestling journalists will create a one-sided narrative to push that punk is a bad guy and that was the point i was trying to make i was trying to go back to that point i forgot what i said earlier so yeah if you know me and you heard what i said i am usually on the train of fuck punk oh my god the pro wrestling show here oh my god what up dude <laughs> also side note so i was on the pro wrestling shows debate and me and him were having a debate about punk that like you know i didn't like him i explained my reasons why i didn't like him and we came to an understanding of like all right cool she doesn't like him the same way that like you know um well i mean i don't like him but the pro wrestling show like really really loves punk but we came to an understanding and we're still friends and like you know i i support what he does he support what i does same thing what everyone does in the chat so anyway um so this time around i'm actually siding with punk because i understand the deeper level of this media scrum okay we're gonna get into the media scrum oh my god jam connection i don't have a thing for i don't have a an animation for the bits but thank you for giving me my first ever 10 bits like nobody has ever given me bits on this channel um anyway so this is the one time where i'm siding with cm punk on the fact of that he is really showing he's allowing wrestling media to show their true colors including uncle dave because if it wasn't for punk calling out uncle dave and brian alvarez at that media scrum they would not be pushing this narrative so hard that he is a bad guy like um yeah jam connection i've never gotten bits i've gotten donations and uh twitch subs but i never gotten any bits but thank you for that um so you know the point that i really wanted to do to really say is that um cm punk is basically letting the journalists shoot themselves in the foot by exposing all this stuff 
I don't want to keep going around in circles on that, but I really wanted to get that out. And I didn't want to put it on Twitter because most likely people would have like maybe jumped on that tweet or whatever it is, but it wouldn't have been as strong as them clicking the link to twitch.tv forward slash Maria underscore shadows and listening to what I have to say. Normally, like I said, I will be against punk because yes, there are times where like, you know, he does, he does things. He says things, but does another, he is uh fake at times. Uh, you know, he can be a phony. Uh, he, like I said, he stole all of Kenta's moves and stuff like that. Um, but in this situation, uh he definitely was proving the media right and he also showed that he does not have an outlet even though punk like probably burned bridges and stuff like that punk does not have an outlet the same way that the young bucks and kenny have an outlet anyone else has an outlet any one of those wrestlers can go to these dirt sheets and be like hey i have some dirt for you put this out and then the narrative will be spun and then the narrative will be like a a game of telephone where the source will continue to go from tweet to tweet to tweet and then change over over course of of a time uh so punk getting everything off of his chest he used this moment to do just that because he know that all the wrestling dirt sheets are there now for uncle dave to say that his uh media scrum uh rant was thought out beforehand was practiced beforehand was predetermined and then to also put out another report later couple days later what feels like a week to put out a report to say that to oh somebody told him two weeks before cm punk said that oh this is gonna be um uh, a surprise uh media scrum or like you know a um it's gonna be a, a very big media scrum or something to that degree when have you ever known CM Punk to have any of his thoughts predetermined, practice any of his promos or any of his rants beforehand. I've like myself and everyone here in chat and also Uncle Dave, we've all followed CM Punk's career ever since he stepped foot into Ring of Honor, doing the Indies and going straight to WWE, had his frustrations, went to the UFC, failed at the UFC, came back to AEW after seven years. Like we've all followed his career. None of his rants, anything he had to say, I can tell you for a fact that none of that shit is predetermined none of that shit is practiced beforehand like to say that definitely would mean that everybody is writing a script for cm punk the only thing that we know for sure is that when he was at wwe those scripts are um well those scripts are scripted so you have to sometimes remember them and go with the flow right so this here at a media scrum media scrums are not scripted the only reason why uncle dave would say that is because uncle dave is rattled by cm punk 
and he didn't even call him out that bad. Sure, he said he said to his co-host Alvarez that he's still upset with him. That's a very human thing to feel. That's a very human thing to do. If you are upset with somebody, you let them know that, hey, I'm upset with you. I didn't like what you did. Back back at this day, at this time, X, Y, and Z, like, those are really human emotions. The wrestling dirt sheets act like, you know... No one is allowed to feel anger towards them. No one is allowed to have any feelings except them. When for six months straight, that news report of CM Punk trying to get Colt Cabana fired was false. But no one came to CM Punk's defense to lay that to rest. And during that amount of time, even fans on Twitter will have this argument about whether or not it's true and then put two and two together because Cabana is not there. And so what do you do? You blame CM Punk because you know that CM Punk and Cabana have history because of the court cases. However, 80% of people on Twitter probably did not follow the court case. They followed the court case. So everything that I say from here on out, I know what I'm talking about. I have to say that before someone is like, oh no, you don't know what you're talking about. So. Getting into the media scrum, the only reason why he started off with Nick Housen, and if Nick and Uncle Dave ever hears this, I'm always open to talk. It's not like I'm bashing or putting you guys down, but this is how facts are delivered and whatever the case may be. But I do remember that like at the beginning of that podcast with Punk and Cabana, they talked about Nick Housen for a little bit because they're all Chicago guys. You know, they're all like quote-unquote friends and then you know the the messy situation happened and punk aired out his grievances about wwe so the only reason why he talked about Cabana is because he saw nick there just wanted to be like hey are you still friends with him and wanted to set the record straight because it had to come from somebody who knew Cabana to start the rumor of like oh yeah Cabana hasn't been on AEW dynamite in forever um yeah he's you know on twitch doing you know his twitch stuff um, so let me just put two and two together that CM Punk is trying to get him fired. And again, nobody came to CM Punk's defense. Nobody went to the dirt sheets and put out a statement saying that CM Punk is not the reason for this. And, you know, I'm not jumping on that because I know it's not true. Like after that whole entire court case and like him setting the record straight and everything like that, you can tell that most stuff still bothers him. But at the end of the day, um, you know, he wants nothing to do with him. The only reason why he brought it up is because everybody, the dirt sheets and um, the Twitter stands and um, everyone else in the Twitter world was pushing that narrative. And even at um, live events, chanting for Coke Cabana and stuff like that, you know, um, it gets to people. So I'm not going to be upset with Punk, you know, setting the record straight straight what i will be upset with punk is the fact that the way he threw call cabana's mother underneath the bus because call cabana and his mom share a um um a bank account i didn't i didn't like that he aired that out um i don't know if it was necessary for him to air that out just in case if like any of the dirt sheets wanted to like dig that up but see 
Punk is also smart too with this specific rant on AEW, Cabana, and like everything that's been like uh, stirring up inside of him. Um, and it is the fact that um, he said everything the way he said. So that way, the dirt sheets don't get it into their mind that, um, hey, Omega, what's up? Uh, thank you for following the channel. Uh, the way he aired everything out to the press that day at the media scrum is because imagine if he left out some details. You know for a fact the dirt sheets will probably send out somebody else and try to dig up some research and then spin their own narrative and try to make him look like the bad guy. Sometimes, if you're in this situation and predicament where your back is against the wall and you know you don't have any support, sometimes if you spill out everything, even if it's wrong, right? Even if it's wrong the way you do it, you do it because you don't want no one digging up the dirt and having a field day with the words that they choose. You guys remember the phrase of that words matter, right? Words 100% matter. And the way that people write their words in the dirt sheets and everything else matters. The way that you phrase things matters. So CM Punk took it upon himself to make sure that the dirt sheets don't get it into their mind to go and dig up more dirt and stir up more shit because they're not going to come back and they're not going to say, I'm sorry. They're not going to come back and say, oh, we were wrong for this, you know? So as much as I did not like that CM Punk had to go and say that Colcabana shares a bank account with his mother, because quite frankly, that is no one's business. That is not my business. I should not have known that. The fans should not have known that. So bad on CM Punk. But the flip side, the other perspective is if he didn't say it, then somebody else would have looked up that dirt and probably would have said something worse or not. But because CM Punk took that out of the media's hands and controlled the situation, even though Tony Khan was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He had to control his narrative. For the sake of that phrase, he had to control his narrative that day at the AEW All Out Media Scrum. Now, now, you know, for the sake of talking about like sharing bank accounts um for the sake of talking about uh shared bank accounts you know i would think because i have seen other people on twitter say that you know they share a bank account with like their mom especially when their mom gets older and if the person is making money why not share that um why not share that bank account so that way you know if she needs something it's there if like the bills have to get taken care of the money is there if they have to buy food the money is there like it's to help her out um but in all reality that was a very dick move to do but you also have to remember that the flip side of this is that um you know if he didn't say it, the dirt sheets were going to go and the dirt sheets were going to go look it up 
and the dirt sheets might have said something worse. So again, CM Punk was definitely taking his own control over his own narrative, over his own story, and definitely letting the people know that, like, you know, everything is controlled. We see this now. We see it all on Twitter with all these different reports. Like, after this media scrum, well, I'm sorry, after his his media scrum, the fight broke out. What? You're telling me that the elite couldn't wait a day that no one could have waited a day to be like, all right, he's upset. You know, let's uh, have a meeting tomorrow or maybe the next day when cooler minds and cooler thoughts and cooler heads prevail. So that way a fight won't break out. You know, sometimes we do things in the heat of the moment and because a supposed fight broke out and it's only one person talking about this fight which is uncle dave which is like this is how you know punk was right about people feeding wrestling media you know all of that um it's just that like how do you after you win the trios titles after all out you go and decide to poke the bear that is cm punk who's already upset who's already frustrated and want to continue to have this conversation you should know better and be like all right he's he's uh he's angry you know let me think about the stuff that he said maybe there's some truth to it uh but no um apparently you know someone barged into the door uh, apparently you know a chair was thrown which by the way it's very reminiscent of that time of the Bullet Club Civil War between Cody and uh, Kenny Omega. And it's like, why does everything have to feel like a fucking joke? Everything has to feel like a skit when it comes to AEW. Like, I really want to love AEW. I want to love it again. I want to be, you know, on cloud nine again with AEW and really preach to everybody out there that it is the alternative to WWE. But if we're throwing chairs, biting people, trying to save a dog, putting people in black eyes, like everybody involved is wrong. There is no coming back from that because then it looks really bad on the company. It looks really bad on, you know, uh, who's there and what's happening like there's no leadership and i've been saying this for a while that once you get on national television where people can tune in and watch you're gonna have to step it up um you know you're gonna have to really be a company however this is why aew has not become a corporate company yet because like i said before if you are an llc you are a limited liability company that means that you could get away with a lot of loopholes you could get away with a lot of shit because you don't have to tell the public everything you can control what the public knows you can control what the public hears because you are an llc you can't do that if you're a wwe wwe has to tell us everything because they're they're corporate um they're a corporate corporation even though that didn't sound right but yeah because they are a corporate corporate corporation uh they do have to tell us everything even though like there's still some like you know 
who threw the pie in, in Kevin Owens' face? We still don't know that. Or, you know, we still don't know the actual true story of what led Sasha and Naomi to leave WWE and drop the tag team titles. You know, um, we didn't get the full story on that. However, for most businesses, you are supposed to, um, you know, if you're a corporation, you're supposed to tell us, like, the truth. AEW, like I said, can get away with not telling us the full story. They can get away with... Um, you know, um, telling us what we should hear. They they can get away with telling us who to hate. They could get away with telling us who to cheer. Um, they could get away with a lot of stuff because, like, Roundtable here in my chat says, uh, you know, because they are a publicly, a publicly traded company, which he's referring to um, WWE as to why they have to tell us stuff. Um, AEW is still an LLC. What I really don't like is that AEW, for any situation that happens, they have to get a third party. Um, they have to get a third party uh, investigation firm. Sir, why are you getting a third party investigation firm? I can understand that, like, you know, the cops probably wasn't called. So, like, uh, charges were impressed so cool i understand that however you know this is like the equivalent to uh high schoolers or middle schoolers fighting in school and then the teacher is like you two are going to the principal's office and the principal you know um basically brings down the band hammer and tells you like what you did wrong like this could have been settled at like a round table in catering to be like look we got to get this all out Obviously, Punk has some frustrations. Obviously, TK hasn't really been listening, even though during that media scrum, he says he likes to please people and he will lend an ear and like make you a drink. But it seems like he hasn't really been doing that to like any of his um, employees when his employees say that, oh, he's very easy to talk to. He's very easy to try to get a hold of sometimes. You know, like, you know, it's the thing of... Why do you always need a third-party investigation firm or whatever it is to do this and get and get video testimonies? Um, we're just going to uh, we're just gonna do a he says she said thing, you know? Like it's gonna be very awkward. Like why would you do that? Like you know, the people who are present. Um, will tell you their side of the story, but then again, it's going to be like, what, three against one? You do have a steal there, but like, you know, at this point, it's like, who are you going to believe, you know? Um, I do think that the right decision was when AEW Dynamite happened and, um, you know, they stripped everybody. You can't continue a company or a show when something this big happens. You know, um, you just really can't do that um, because then that sets a really bad taste in everyone's mouth. And then people will start to question of like, is this really the place that you want to be at? You know, um, it's just one of those tricky situations. Um, and Punk is really the only one that does have the balls to air out his grievances and he has the balls to really, like, 
tell people what it is, even if they don't really want to hear it. But again, everybody over on Twitter is missing the big point of that he just exposed how butthurt the wrestling media journalists get. And this is why for my content, I basically um, love talking about kayfabe. I love putting wrestlers over and further their character, their story, because that is what gets them over. That is what makes them money. And in turn, like, you know, should make me money as well, too. Uh, just because I'm here putting out a service where I talk about this stuff and talk about the wrestler and tell you why you should be like invested in them. It takes a lot of like work for that. But that's neither here nor there. But then again, this is why I like to just deal in watching wrestling with you guys, um, listening to podcast episodes, just giving my thoughts on it. This whole drama of the he said, she said bullshit thing, like, it's really stupid. However, it is a it is an important learning event um, of what not to do with a company. Um, you can't be a people pleaser and, um, you know, you should have been a boss boss. You can't be everyone's friend. Um, you know. Who is. Oh, uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So everybody that knows me, I'm going to say this again. Everyone that knows me, they're all here in chat. And like, if you're there lurking, you probably know me too. Um, I would be the first person to say fuck punk and like explain why he's a piece of shit. He's still a piece of shit. But in this regard, I actually had to really take a step back really listen to stuff, really read stuff and like watch it again and really understand that this wasn't him trying to shoot down AEW the same way that he shot down um uh the same way that he shot down WWE because with WWE there, there was a lot more factors that I got upset with personally with AEW, it's everything that I've been saying and more. It's just that with him, like I said, he doesn't have um, an outlet, you know? So this was his time to shine. Uh, did he deliver his rant in the most elegant way? No, because CM Punk is going to be CM Punk. And I've accepted that, even though, like, you know, I still say fuck CM Punk. But I will always, if someone is able to help change my perspective on something and it could be like and it could be like maybe like a one a one to two percent chance of that happening like how this happened then sure i will defend for the right reasons however everything else doesn't get excused but if i can understand the point he was trying to make because this is not black or white this is not this is this is in a gray area where he's right and where he's wrong and it comes together and it's like in this gray area of like okay i understand your point i get what you're trying to say especially the stuff about hangman i totally get that about hangman like i have to agree with punk that like what has hangman ever done I put this out on a tweet too that like hangman 
has become AEW World Champion. Hangman went to New Japan Pro Wrestling, lost to New Japan Pro Wrestling, never came back because he couldn't handle the fucking schedule. Even though Tanahashi was like, I want you here, I want you to come back. Nah. Hangman is a is a basically stateside boy through and through. He can't handle New Japan for their tours. I'm just saying that right now. Uh he wrestled in Ring of Honor, became the trios champions with the Young Bucks. Um, you know, had a had a career there, but I really don't remember much. CM Punk is not wrong when he says the stuff he says about Hangman. Also, both of them, CM Punk and Hangman, are stubborn asses. Okay, um, CM Punk uh, has not um, created a new move set. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't listen to anybody about, like, changing up his style or whatever the case may be. But then again, in the same breath, if Hangman has to say that, oh, I don't listen to nobody when they, like, give me critiques or anything like that, because uh, he was part of a movement. He was part of the movement that started AEW. Well, sir, where is that movement now? Because it lost its way. Like, you can't latch on to old fame like that movement and honestly that movement wouldn't have been possible with cody rhodes at the helm of it so like what is hangman really talking about like i don't get it um but again like cm punk's whole rant is good and it's bad but when you bring those two together you're like, I could understand where he's coming from. Hopefully, uh, because I am definitely, <laughs> I don't want to say trying to be logical with this. Maybe I'm trying to be logical with this, but, uh, you know, I, I want to see it from a different perspective. I don't want to just come on here and I'm usually like ranting and being like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. But this is an eye opener to the chaotic situation over on Twitter, and if you just look carefully, like, you don't even have to reply. If you look carefully on Twitter, it is a fire dumpster. Everyone is uh, arguing with each other. There's one narrative being pushed. No one else is saying anything. The Young Bucks aren't saying anything. CM Punk hasn't said anything. Kenny hasn't said anything. Ace Steel hasn't said anything. Like... It is one whole big, like, mess. Um, and this is where the false narratives come in, where where um, reports get fluffed up and whatnot. So I'm not believing anything the dirt she says until, like, every single person in that scuffle comes forward and it's like, yeah, this is this is what happened. This is the truth, you know? Punk, Punk will always be wrong for a lot of things, but if I can find some truth to his rants, then I will tell you why they're truth. If I find them bullshit, I will tell you why they're bullshit. So like a couple podcast episodes ago, or not even, I didn't, I didn't even talk about this on the podcast, but I, I tweeted it out. Um, and people agreed with me. Um, his promo with Moxley 
and his promo about him talking about his foot in Chicago and how he had to get surgery and um, all this kind of stuff. Ooh, excuse me. Thank you for those hundred bits, Jam Connection. Um, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I thought that was a bullshit story of him getting um, all those screws and the plates in his uh, in his foot. But then when he when he talked about it again on the media scrum, I was like, "All right, uh, I will believe you this time about about your foot injury." Oh, and by the way, how does Uncle Dave? The person who's been pushing the narrative of, you know, start to hate CM Punk now, bandwagon. How does he know that CM Punk had a successful surgery? Unless he's on like CM Punk's IG and being like, oh, look at that. He posted a picture of himself um, after surgery, which I don't know, because I'm not I'm not stalking these guys IGs like there's waste. There's way better content you could be creating rather than fucking stalking wrestlers by the way but yeah like for someone who's pushing the narrative to have fans hate CM Punk and turn on him uh, to say oh he has successful tricep surgery sir you were just letting us know that he done all this shit and that you didn't approve of it but now you're like oh let me put out this news of uh, he has successful tricep surgery. I don't know why you guys pay him thirteen dollars a month. I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be honest. And this isn't me trying to get like sympathy subs uh, for MarieShadows.substack.com. This is like a legit question. Why do you pay for for nonsense like that for thirteen dollars a month? Well, you could definitely be here and have fun with me and listen to podcast episodes, uh, listen to, um, well, watch some New Japan with me. Uh, I interview wrestlers live for you guys, like legit question. Why do you guys spend $13 a month with Uncle Dave? And this might like get me heat. This might put me in the doghouse. I don't know. But if I can't ask these honest questions, then then like, what are we then like, what are we doing? What, what are we doing here? The same way that I always say that um, if somebody, if somebody, uh, you know, doesn't like what I have to say, I am more than happy for you to come on this show or for me to go on your show and we could talk it out, you know, because uh, I like hearing different perspectives and stuff like that. I don't know if the pro wrestling show is still in the chat, but that's exactly how like we became friends to like support each other, even though he loves CM Punk and I hated him. I still hate him. Uh, but you know, we became friends and we had different perspectives and I respect what he had to tell me and he respected what I had to tell him and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, I'm just wondering like if I can't be honest and want to know how you pay for things or why you pay for certain things that are like half lies, half truths, um, and just really bad drama, you know, let me know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Round table is definitely right. Uh, you know, uh, he says, that's why I have you on the round table. I love your opinions. Uh, thank you. And then I'm not sure if Omega, uh bangs is in here so i switched over to my twitter account bro what new york accent do i have 
How is my New York accent thick, man? Like, let me know in chat if you're still here. <laughs> like, you're the first person in a very long time to tell me that my New York accent is thick. Like, what is this, man? Like, I don't even know if I have an accent. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> um, even Roundtable says that I have an, an accent. Um, man. So I know that I missed a lot. I, I missed a lot of um, uh, comments in chat. Um, you know, I really, I really missed a lot. I'm not sure if I could go back up to read every single one of them, but I did manage to like, you know, um, you know, look at some of them. Um, maybe, maybe I missed some stuff that I could talk about. Um, I know that he said that that punk was trying to go into business, uh, you know, trying to make a business and people can't get mad at him for that because CM Punk already knows the deal. It's the same way of, um, Chris Jericho knowing, knowing the deal, uh, Brian Danielson knowing the deal, like every single ex WWE guy that's in AEW right now. Right. They understand the business. They understand that you're supposed to make money. So if somebody in the back is not leading, is not trying to sell those tickets as best as they can, because you can't rely on a niche audience, because if you rely on a niche audience, you're going to make the same amount of money that's never going to grow, that's never going to drop. It's going to stay right here. So we always say on Twitter that, um, you know, wrestling is very niche. Okay. Um, you know, in order for wrestling to grow, you do have to try and get, um, people outside the wrestling bubble to come in and make that money. Even if that money, um, for, you know, for like the three months, the six months, it goes up by like 50% more in increase, right? At least, you know, that there's a market out there. You can grab them, but punks other point in this is that you can't always cater to the niche audience. That is professional wrestling. I try every single which way to get my stuff out there and put my content out there. Have I been growing? Yes. Has it been as fast as I want to? No, but you got to play the game. All puns intended with Triple H. You got to play the game. You got to know what you got to do. So with someone like Punk, I will give Punk leeway to sort of lead that sort of area to try to make those sales. Um, just because, like, if you want to listen to him... Um, if you want to like listen to him, you listen to him, but you also question him. Don't just take his word at face value. To have a very productive um, increase in like money or marketing or whatever, you always ask questions. If someone is giving you advice, ask questions of like, all right, that's very good advice, but what happens if we run into this roadblock? What do we have as a backup? You know, and then you could discuss that because you want to make sure that there's no roadblocks. You want to make sure that you um, are prepared for almost anything and everything, even the professional wrestling. Uh, you know, there is no blue. There's OK. There, There is a blueprint 
for certain things but for some stuff there isn't a blueprint but if cm punk was going to take it upon himself to sort of push the company to get new um excuse me for a second uh to get new um what is it uh new fans uh new revenue new merch ideas i would have listened to him if if brian danielson chris jericho moxley um eddie kingston even like if none of them are coming to tk to be like hey we really got to talk about like the financial side of this we got to keep growing the ratings or whatever you can't just stay content in oh my god my, my voice cracked <laughs> uh in the not really cracked but like it raised really high um you can't just rely on the same ratings number um the same ratings number that you've been putting out for for a while sure aew uh got to another million in ratings right this past week they got to the million ratings because they were they wanted to see um the drama unfold they wanted to hear from tk that yes this fight really did happen or no this fight didn't happen or i can't comment on it and don't believe the dirt sheets kind of thing but we didn't get that so the only reason why we got the million is because people wanted that drama and you know they they were looking for it um it's the same way that we got the the million ratings before and that's because of help from new japan pro wrestling um there is a market for new japan pro wrestling when it comes to seeing them on aew uh because everyone gets excited about like will osprey and aussie open and jay white and like the united empire and okada and stuff like that because those are household names all those guys made their names um you know People in AEW are trying to make their names, but it now it's on a rotation of the same guys. And I think that maybe we could have gotten some new faces uh, sooner or later. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, if CM Punk was really trying to uh, push um to get that business going to get those numbers up i would have listened to him but then again there are a lot of veterans behind the scenes that know that basically know the business and know how to grow it if you're not coming to them and asking them about like how to do this how to do that then you know again no one is really at fault um uh, no one is really at fault except for TK because he does have, you know, the final say in things, um, you know, but yeah, anything else that I miss, guys, anything else? Um, I could talk about the rest of the media scrum, um, you know, I could do that because I have some thoughts on like um, the Keith Lee and Swerve and I have thoughts on Tony Storm and then Jericho is just just Jericho, you know. Uh, so let me know if I missed anything. If you guys want to hear my my thoughts uh, on that, um, but yeah, uh, the pop out chat is like the worst sometimes. Um, I really do appreciate everybody being here. Um, you know what? I'm going to take the time 
to uh oh crap hold on i got what was that message uh what are your thoughts on the mjf promo okay i could do that um i could i could definitely talk about that yeah because i saw i i saw dynamites uh so uh yeah, roundtable. Uh, I don't. I don't mind uh, doing this. The only reason. Okay, so before I get to Jam's um, uh, answer about this uh, roundtable, the only reason why I didn't go on other people's podcasts for like what felt like a week uh, was not was uh, because one, uh, I got sick during this week, so I couldn't really talk. Now I could talk, um, and two, I wanted to get my thoughts out before I jump on like anyone else's podcast, but. Um, you know me, I'll, I'll jump on your podcast like anytime. Um, you just gotta, I just gotta let you know when I'm free. Uh, going back to jam connection here. Um, they asked me, uh, what are your thoughts on the MJF promo? So, you know, honestly, I could get behind a, um, I could get behind a baby face MJF, um, which is kind of weird to say. But I was buying it, you know, um, it, it is kind of weird to have a babyface MJF, but, you know, let's, you know, let, uh, let's run with it. I'm willing to, uh, stand behind MJF and be like, okay, let's see where this goes. Um, so I bought into it. I was like happy, but I think I was just happy because MJF is back because I missed him. Um, however, um, Moxley comes out and... Um, this, this is what doesn't make any sense to me. All right. Um, it's the fact of, um, it's the fact of Moxie came out to try and get the old MJF back. We got the MJF back and MJF starts talking about WWE, Triple H, um, Nick, uh, Nick Khan. And I'm here like, what the fuck is he doing? I loved it. I, I'll, I'll go with it. But I'm like, yo, there has to be a bigger story at play here. Like, you know, that felt like it was scripted without it being scripted. You know, it was it was one of those like um, it was one of those like him talking about all the things that everyone else talks about on Twitter that everybody wants to hear, um, you know, just to play to the crowd, just to play to the dirt sheets. It didn't really feel like, you know, um, he was serious about it, but I do think that in the near future, after his contract is, is done and stuff like that, that if WWE gives MJF a call, that he will go over to WWE. And I would like to see MJF in WWE and see how Triple H uh, handles him. And then, you know, Moxie has nothing interesting to say after MJF's promo. And by the way, speaking of John Moxley, Moxley is such a hit or miss for me. I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna say that he's a hit or miss for me, man. That promo, of course, Jim, um, I'm always here to uh, interact and answer everyone's like questions. So don't, you know, don't worry. Um, I appreciate you being here anyway and giving me bits. Um, so yeah, um, let's talk about John Moxie for a bit. Cause everybody, everybody was praising the John Moxie promo. 
while I'm here, like, bro, I don't believe a single word you said. And I can say that with a straight face. Like, I don't believe a single word he says. If they wanted a John Cena, they could have called John Cena. John Moxley is becoming the John Cena of AEW, where he puts AEW on his back. But to me, it's like, there's like this disconnect for me to really like get on the bandwagon for John Moxley. Um, I just don't, I don't vibe with him. Um, and I don't really take any of his promos seriously. Not one of his promos was like, oh my God, it was really good. Uh, this one, I was just like, man, I understand we need leadership. I understand we need that. But like, you know, words are words, actions, actions mean a lot more to me than words. Unless like I'm, I'm making a promise to you and I say I give you my word, that's something different. But words are words. If you have to say that, oh, we need leadership, we need this, we need that, then why are you not showing it? You know, there's other people that could have stepped up other than Moxley to make sure that AEW does well in this whole entire debacle of a, um, of a media press and stuff, you know? Uh, Jam Connection says, I think the hype for Moxley has completely gone. Certainly seems uh, same old things. He says, yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> it really does feel like the same old shit that he says. But you could also tell that, you know, when he gets on the mic, he doesn't really know what to say because all of that fiery passion that he has. And I know he has that fiery passion. All that fiery passion that he has sort of like, how can I explain it? Because sometimes, like, sometimes it gets it gets to me. I, I feel the same way, too, um, with certain things. Uh, how can I explain it? He gets super excited, but he doesn't know how to channel that into, like, a cohesive way of talking where you could be like, yeah, I believe him. It's like when John Cena talks and he's very grateful and humble, I know that he's not full of shit. When John Moxley tries to do it and tries to like rally the troops, I'm like, I don't know if I want to follow this guy into battle. Like, I'm not sure. Um, but he does have that passion that's there. It's just that when he articulates, it just doesn't, it doesn't come out to where, how it should come out. You know, um, yeah, Roundtable says that uh, MJF promo was very on point. Um, he needs, uh, he's a needle mover and one of the best talkers in the biz. Moxie promo was basically a shot at the dirt sheets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was like, hey, I'm the, I'm the new AW poster boy. Punk is in a heated situation, so we need a new figurehead to be the voice of the voiceless. Yeah. Yeah, we could say that. Um, but yeah, man, like, you know, this whole situation, like, I understand that Moxley uh, decided not to take his vacation uh, to help, uh, you know, put AEW on his back. But this is when you start building the hungry guys in AEW, the ones you signed in day one, the ones you signed at, like, the third month. <laughs> You know, you don't just put it on the same guys over and over and then get mad at us when we're like, when we're like, yo, AEW is just WWE with all these ex WWE guys, you know, like 
um Ricky Starks could have, you know, uh pushed his way in. Uh Powerhouse Powerhouse Hobbs could have done the same thing. Um I'm not counting uh I'm not counting Darby or Sammy. Those two like no. Um you know, anyone else could have pushed a new era of AEW and like uh Jam Connection, one thing we don't do here is talk about Daniel Garcia. I I have I have him blocked and I have a story. That's about it. Uh but you guys could definitely comment, but I'm just saying that we don't we don't really talk about him here. Uh he needs to get a personality. He really does. Um Yuda, I can get behind now. Uh by the way, they have to change Wheel of Yuda's theme song. It is so it is so anime-ish that I'm like, bro, this doesn't work for him. Um like every time Wheel of Yuda's uh theme song comes on, I'm like Jay White because it has the fucking uh sword like slashing thing and I'm like Man, who did his theme song? By the way, AEW theme songs suck. Uh, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Um, you know, actually push Wardlow. By the way, we should talk about Wardlow. Um, you know, Wardlow would succeed if he really cherished that TNT Championship title because he said, uh. Because he said he wanted the world title, he, like, tanked his momentum. He did it to himself. And then he realizes that he did it to himself, cut a promo after doing the powerbomb of symphonies to Tony Nese. Hey, Tony Nese, how's the, how's the jobbing going? Because he went from 205 Live to jobbing at AEW. So how's that going, man? I feel so bad for you. I really do. Um... But yeah, Warlow cuts, um, you know, uh, this promo basically at the dirt. She's basically at Twitter, but it's like, bro, if you never, if you never told the world that you want that AEW championship title, because that was stolen from you, you wouldn't like, you'll be probably the best TNT champion there is. Cause you'll be a monster, but all you do is, um, the powerbomb of symphonies, and then you have women gawking at you, drooling over you, being like, yeah, the powerbomb of symphonies is the best thing ever. I need to see more from a big man. And, you know, in wrestling, having a, having a physique is everything. Um, and, yeah, I, I will say on this channel that, uh, you know, this person looks hot, that person looks hot. Whether it's male, female, if they look hot, they're going to get a, a compliment from me. However, I will be here and tell you why they are good at what they do, what their story is, what their character is, break down their matches. I will let you know that they are more than what their physical body is. So, Warlow realizes that people are not taking to him. I'm not taking to him because all he does is the power bomb. That is the equivalent to Suplex City. I need more from Wardlow, and I really need him to actually start being a wrestler and not just being there as eye candy. Because eye candy could take you only but so far. There's OnlyFans, you know, you can you, you could you could go to OnlyFans, but I'm just saying that if you if you want to be this wrestler, if you want to be this monster because 
at your core and foundation because you loved it, go for it. Do it. You know? Um, damn, Connection asked me a question. Uh, he said, would, uh, would I push Orange Cassidy? Orange Cassidy is not my type of wrestler in a way. Um, I... He's not he's not for me, you know, uh to be to be honest. Um but if the spot opened up, I wouldn't mind pushing Orange Cassidy, but I would definitely tell him that look man, I need some good story behind um us pushing you and like giving you a title or something. But, you know, I'm always open to like push people that I don't understand if they can really tell a good story and really hook everybody because orange Cassidy and Dan Housen, their characters can only go, but so far. And it's like, you know, um, what else can you do? What else can you do in your story? You don't, you don't want to set a, a ceiling on you as a, as a wrestler. Um, Roundtable says, uh, what do you think? Hold on, what? What do you think about the ROH integrate integration with the spotlights on the titles? I mean, I don't mind it. Um, as long as you're reminding people that Ring of Honor has like championship titles, I'm all good. Um, if if like you know, um, if Rampage gets all um ring of honor title championship titles like matches i'm good with that like as long as you let people know that ring of honor is still around and like there's championship titles that's totally fine um let me see uh yeah i totally agree with that round table totally agree with that uh crazy to me how people go brock lesnar wrestles bland as hell only do suplexes and Wardlow's one of them yeah, I, I yeah I, I mentioned that. Um, so roundtable brings up a very good point, which I brought up in my last uh, podcast episode, where um, roundtable says I think a lot of these guys should stop worrying about the dirt sheets and Twitter shoutouts and work on their product as a whole. I've said this before that like the only way AEW stays afloat is by doing stories from twitter now for someone like me who is a podcaster wrestling content creator i have to use twitter in order to get you know my following up to get fans to come in uh chat with me in uh this live chat and do everything like that so i have to, i have a business to do however if AEW actually had writers and actually talk to the wrestlers and be like, what kind of story do you want to tell? And let's put that into action without any help from the Twitter universe, then they will be so much more successful. Why do you think WWE has a PR system in place and talent relations in place when it comes to like online media and stuff? And like, they don't have to worry about anything and their craft in the ring gets way better. AEW's craft in the ring has not really improved unless you bring in star names like Osprey 
Orange Cassidy is a good one too to talk about with this situation. Um, they're they're guys there that like know what they're doing, but they focus so much on Twitter that it's like, you know, do you have to get your um your stories from there? Like, can you think of like what story you want to tell that comes from the heart that let people know this is the restaurant I want to be and this is why you should follow me and you know, vice versa. That's how you get fans. You know, um, yes. So those are my thoughts on that. I have no idea how much time we're in. Oh, an hour and 35, give or take for this one. No, I need, I need my internet to go back up. Oh, good job, OBS. Okay. They're probably going to hear that too after I'm done editing this video. Um, but yeah. So, I love talking about wrestling. Yeah, I could trim that out or I could just leave it. Um, either or. Uh, but, yeah, I love talking about wrestling. I love being real. If I can't be real, then what's the point of me having all of my content? What's the point of me having this uh twitch um you know live stream and stuff like that um if others could be honest i should be honest too with everyone else um especially my thoughts on wrestling and stuff like that what i really do enjoy is watching uh wrestling matches breaking it down for you guys um this type of drama definitely feels like you know they're like auditioning for um a warner brothers spot or, you know, probably like a CW drama flick. Um, it really does feel like an audition for it. Um, it doesn't feel like it's wrestling, even though some people will probably be in my mentions or email me and be like, well, wrestling is supposed to be a drama. Wrestling is supposed to be an in-ring and like backstage comments type of drama. Not something that spills outside of the wrestling universe, so to speak. But lately, it's been like the reality era of wrestling because everyone has some type of drama with this person, that person. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I am. Yes, uh, Roundtable. Roundtable is definitely right. I love to keep things kayfabe around here. I really, really do. Um, before I end uh the podcast portion of this um yeah there's definitely none uh before i end the podcast uh portion of this i do want to show you guys uh what i have been working on um you know behind the scenes and stuff like that uh just get my content uh out there and stuff um so we are going to just quickly uh switch over to Okay. So this is my newsletter. 
Uh, it's called the Square Circle Info. It's over at marieshadows.substack.com. Uh, so this is my new interview here with uh, Shotgun Adams. It is 48 minutes. Uh, we talk about his career in pro wrestling, him training at uh, T T2T, which is a technique to training. They're over here in Brooklyn. Um, you know, uh, his uh, behind the name of Urban Mercenary and how he got shotgun. Uh, over here is my interview with uh, Bodega Boy, uh, Jared Diaz. Uh, you should check that out. This one was fun to do. Uh, me and him have something in common. Uh, we both worked at um, WWE. So, you know, don't miss out on that story. Uh, over here is definitely everything that, like, I have about, like, everything wrong with Mox and Punk before this whole situation uh, I talk about Will Ospreay and uh, Kenny Omega here and uh, list off all of the matches which are diverse that Will Ospreay has against uh, Kenny Omega. Um, and then, like, my most popular one, don't forget that I uh, interviewed... Um, yeah, that I interviewed Clark Connors. Um, and that I had also interviewed... Uh, Aaron Hanare of um, the United Empire. So check those out too. Um, and then I added um, a um, a section called a chit chat series where basically all of my interviews from now on will come here. Um, any interviews I do with goddesses of war um, in the future, uh, basically starting this month. So, um, you know, if I do any interviews, they will end up here in this own little section. Uh, like I said, it is free to sign up. There are free and paid options. I try my best to be as, um, I guess, transparent as I can be, as, um, uh, you know, uh, I try to be as transparent as I can when it comes to going paid. Uh, this, this is a one-woman job. I do not have a team. It is just me. And I am very, very, very thankful for, um, you know, everyone that uh, I should not be showing you guys that <laughs> I am very thankful for, you know, everyone that has uh, subscribed and everything like that. And are my readers, um, I did see uh, roundtables um, shout out to me saying that it's uh, pure fire. Um, I appreciate that, dude. I really, really do. Um, because sometimes I don't think that the stuff I produce is pure fire. Um, you know, so for everyone that is watching this video on replay or watching it directly on marieshadows.substack.com, uh, make sure to, um, you know, leave a comment um, and definitely uh, leave a heart on anything at marieshadows.substack.com. Uh, and yeah. I really do appreciate you guys uh, being here. Uh, so what I'm going to do is put this one back on. So that way I can look at chat because I know chat is going off right now. Um, yeah. I appreciate that roundtable and I will always be honest with you. Uh, thanks for loving my work. Um, I appreciate that. So with all of that, Ronan, I appreciate that, dude. I appreciate the You Deserve It chance. And I appreciate Jam Connection sending me 100 bits. 
bro you are the first person to send me bits like i said so thank you for having me experience that i appreciate it so so much um because everyone else is either like gifting me subs or sending me donos so i can get to jersey uh like next week so uh yeah i appreciate it so much so with that being said Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the podcast episode of the Square Circle Podcast, talking about truth and false narratives, the whole entire AEW media scrum fallout. I appreciate I appreciate every single person that was here in chat talking with me. I'm making new connections, making new friends. And if you are not here at twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows, then you're missing out. However, if you want to sign up to marieshadows.substack.com to where you can watch the video on replay, but being here live is a different experience and everyone can attest to that. Um, with that being said, I do love you guys. Make sure to like, subscribe, everything else, tell a friend, make sure they come in here next time. Um, and next time we are definitely going to be uh watching some podcast episodes and watching some wrestling uh so with that being said i will be right back or i love you guys um yeah so yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for um telling me to have a great day. Everything else. Um, I need to come up with a better exit intro. Better outro. Anyway, if you guys want to know, I will be on uh front row materials podcast later on tonight uh to talk with them. So this is why I am ending the stream for this part early. Uh, but tomorrow, come right back here. We'll listen to some podcast episodes. We'll watch some wrestling. We'll have some fun on a Sunday. Um, and I am going to play us out uh, to some music while, um, you know, uh, my stream ends. But again, follow twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. Follow me on Twitter at Marie underscore shadows. And also make sure to sign up. The link is in the chat. MarieShadows.substack.com. I appreciate every single one of you guys. I love you guys. And now let's uh, play out to uh, some music.